Blog Talk Radio. WWE's last pay-per-view of the year, TLC. Lots to talk about on that front as we end 2015. We head towards 2016. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Head over there right now. we got a show chat going on. So if you want to get on board and then there's something we're saying that you want to react and you you want to maybe post a mini blog kind of thing or something in the comment section? Well, head on over to Facebook, like the page, get involved in the chat. During tonight's Monday Night Raw, we'll also have a live chat on our Facebook page throughout all of Monday Night Raw, so get on board for that as well. You can check us out on Twitter. Our handle on Twitter is at the Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is at the Ken Reedy Show. And check out our website, the Ken Reedy Show dot com pictures blogs lots of neat stuff over there on the website so you're going to want to go over there check out that website you can listen to the show through the website too so it's the Kenry show dot com as you you know if you've been a fan but if you're new to the show welcome aboard but we've ventured into uh something really exciting and creative uh 1640 pwpr it is a wrestling podcast network that has been formed uh you know, we, we, a bunch of us kind of came up with the idea. Got to give credit where credit is due. King Firehawk, whose show is also on the network, uh, took the lead in putting this uh, whole network together. Lots of great shows over there on the network. Uh, King Firehawk, as I mentioned. Uh, we got uh, The Cool Down with AC. Lots of great stuff. Uh, independent wrestlers have their shows uh, there on the network. So you want to go over there. The easiest way to do it, it's, it's simple. Number one, it's free. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's free. It doesn't get any better than that. Uh, so you go over to iTunes, do a search for 1640 PWPR. Search for that. Our network pops up. Subscribe. Again, you subscribe for free. And then you have access to all these great shows. You can get a real comprehensive view of the world of professional wrestling. Check that out. And over the course of the next few weeks, 1640. We'll be giving us shows uh, with all the hosts, uh, 
well, at least a bunch of the hosts getting on board and giving their thoughts on year-end awards, match of the year, tag team of the year, uh, wrestler of the year, things like that. So you're going to want to subscribe to 1640. They're going to give you the definitive list. It's going to be a great list because lots of great hosts are going to be voting and giving their input on the, the year-end awards for 1640. And to that end, we're going to be doing our show a little bit differently. Our year-end year show is just going to kind of be a year in review. Uh, we're going to discuss things, discuss uh, stories that touched us, uh, uh, great matches. So it's just going to be kind of a year in review. We're not going to give out awards. We're going to give our thoughts on different things in the world of pro wrestling. But uh, the awards, the definitive awards, will be through 1640. And our show, our last show, our last show, I cannot believe it, our last show of 2015 will be next week as we wrap up the year in wrestling that was 2015. So check us out next week. Get on board. Give us your thoughts on the year that was 2015. And each and every week, you hear me over here, and I'm spouting on about pro wrestling, talking about uh, my opinions, my thoughts on things, praising sometimes, criticizing other times. Well, come this Saturday, I'll be putting my money where my mouth is, and I'll be stepping into the squared circle for the first time in my life in front of a live crowd. So if you want to see me kick some ass or perhaps get my ass kicked, we'll see what happens on the 19th. I will be wrestling for the IWF uh, in Nutley, New Jersey. So if you'd like to come on down and see me wrestle, as well as we got a lot of talented uh, people on, on the program, as well as producer all-star Michelle D., uh, we'll be on the show. 7 o'clock is our bell time, so you can check us out in Nutley, New Jersey, IWF. If you want tickets in advance, uh, go to CampIWF.com. Again, that is this Saturday. I will be making my in-ring debut. Can't believe it. I <laughs> really can't believe I'm going to be getting into the squared circle. Crazy stuff. Well, let's get away from that and into what we need to get to tonight. Lots of stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff going on in the WWE. Kind of a crazy night last night, TLC, as the WWE gives us their last pay-per-view of the year. And we were fortunate enough on this show that our my co-host, Dave, was there live. Uh, so he's got a live feel for what the night was like at TLC. And, you know, perhaps makes sense of, of all the carnage that went on last night at TLC. So without... Further ado, let me get my tag team partner on the line. Dave, are you there? I am here. I survived my evening in Beantown. Um, as a uh, as a New York Giants and New York Mets fan, I wasn't lynched or or uh, you know hung hung out to dry in the middle of Quincy Market by uh, those crazy Bostonians. But nonetheless, I'm here and uh, ready to uh, give you a in person live fan account, if you will, in public, if you will, of my experience at last night's TLC event. Yeah, we got we got some interesting chats tonight on, like, fans, because uh, last night TLC in Boston and tonight Raw in Philadelphia. So uh, quite interesting fan bases, intense fan bases, uh, you know, uh, good wrestling fans, uh, but can be very critical. Um, they're not necessarily going to do what uh, maybe the WWE or anyone else wants them to do. So you were there live? 
the WWE uh, putting on, uh, I guess, what would be considered maybe, if not the most, one of their more quote-unquote violent pay-per-views of the year. Uh, just give her your give us your thoughts, Dave, on on what the crowd was like, or what they liked, what they didn't like, and and actually, and what you liked, what you enjoyed at the pay per view. Well, first off, you know Boston, Northeast town, uh, compared to other um, big Northeast wrestling towns like Philadelphia, New York City, Long Island, Brooklyn, uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey, <clears throat> those towns they're a little more. You know, they're, they're a little more rough. Boston's still rough, but they're they're kind of on the on the on the the bottom of the food chain in terms of uh, really being a real raucous crowd. But nonetheless, they were very <clears throat> excuse me rambunctious. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you a firsthand account when the when the show started. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice here. So those damn Bostonians. Um, the video package that opened up the show on the network. The first person that showed up, the, the, whose face you saw after the credits, was Roman Reigns. And once he hit the video screen, the audience in the building, they the whole arena booed. And then not too long after that, Sheamus was the next face to pop up, and the audience went completely crazy and booed him too. And to me, right there, I said, I looked over at my brother and I just said, the main event, they're going to hijack the main event. Like nobody cares about either one of them. Okay. Um, so I'll, let me get to let me get to the main event. Uh, I'll just leave you with that as far as the main event goes. Um, crowd was pretty much into it. They were into New Day. Lots of New Day chants. I went out to grab a bite to eat, and there was a New Day Rocks chant in the middle of uh, the, the 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 bar that we were at. Um, very into that ladder match. I loved it. It stole the show. Match of the night, in my opinion. The crazy stuff they did. Once you think you see all these crazy spots in these ladder matches. These guys really surprised you, like Usos and, you know, the Lucha Dragons. They, just the stuff they did, it was amazing. That that spot with Kalisto and Jimmy Uso, um, they just it, it, it wowed the whole crowd. The whole place went nuts. Um, the crowd was really into that match. They didn't care for, and, and I'll be honest with you, they didn't care for, and I didn't care for it either. They didn't care for the Ryback-Rusev match. They certainly didn't care for the chairs match with Del Rio and Swagger. Um Table match they were pretty much, they were pretty into with the Dudleys and the ECW guys against the Wyatts. Um, I kind of liked it, but it was a little sloppy at times. Uh, but I didn't expect it to be a five star tables match. Um, the one thing I'll say is that the from a pure wrestling standpoint, the Ambrose Owens match was 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 pretty good, and the Boston crowd really took well to it, especially with Ambrose winning. Um, I don't know how well that translated on television because I haven't had a chance to watch all of TLC yet. Um, but now on to the main event. But, you know, before I get to the main event, excuse me, the girls' match, okay? Here's the problem I have with the girls' match. I don't like the fact that they've turned Charlotte. We talked about this last week on the show. I think it's been a big mistake, and I think even putting her with, with her father is a big mistake. They're trying to turn her into, like, a female version of dad. And he's out there wooing and strutting and doing his thing, and it's a total distraction. Part of her appeal to me as a fan was the fact that, yes, you recognized her pedigree as a flair, but she got over on her own merits, on her good looks, her mic skills, and her talent alone. And for someone who'd only been doing it for three or four years, she's done a pretty damn good job. And I think that's what appealed to main roster fans when she came up to the main roster, too. 
But now they're turning her into a female version of her dad. And I just I I thought the match was okay with Paige. It wasn't great. I think I think Flair was distracting at times um, during that match. I think you know too many woos. I just, I just think like she needs to stand out on her own, and she was doing a good job of that in NXT. And even when she started up on the main roster, I just don't think it's necessary to have her father um, with her. And I just thought he just kind of he kind of took away from her. And if she was a if she was a heel in the way where she was like a chicken shit rich girl, daddy's little girl, spoiled brat kind of heel, and Flair was like there to like do whatever she wanted for because daddy will do whatever he wants for his little girl, then I could see the association kind of working. But I'm really not a fan of the two of them together because, like, to be quite honest with you, that's the easy route. That's the easy route to get Charlotte over, and I don't think she needs that. I think she's talented enough to do that on her own. The audience was clearly behind Paige in Boston for that. So I think they, I think they, WWE creative turned the wrong person at the wrong time, to be honest with you. They shouldn't have turned Paige. Um, if they were going to switch roles. Now, finally, on to the main event. I thought the match was okay. Um, here's how I took it from an in-person perspective. The audience didn't want either of them to win. Okay, Every time Sheamus went up for the belt or did something, the crowd booed. Same thing with Reigns. Um, but then there'd be times where they would cheer Reigns when he did his signature spot, like the Superman punch or the spear. Um, they were just real finicky. They didn't know whether to love Reigns or to hate Reigns. They hated Sheamus regardless. But there was more hate for Reigns than there was love. But at times they, they would show their love for Reigns. It was just really strange. It was like Boston couldn't figure out who they wanted to get or how they wanted to get behind Reigns. Um, and I – and. To be honest with you, the whole arena felt like a bunch of people having different conversations and nobody was paying attention to the match. Even some of the spots where, like, they were going through the tables or they did this off on the ladder or they hit one with a chair, you hardly got a reaction from it or not as strong of a reaction as you normally would in a match like that. Um, the interference from the League of Nations was expected. However, what I did not like about that was at the end, Reigns thwarted the attack he got into the ring, and he started to climb the ladder, and then Sheamus grabbed the belt. I just felt like it could have ended in a more dramatic way. If you're going to have him thwart the attack from the other two members of the league, then you might as well have had him come super close to winning the title as opposed to him being at the bottom of the ladder. I, I mean, maybe I'm nitpicking, but I just didn't really care for the way of that finish. The end with Hunter, though, I thought was really good stuff. The 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 unstable, animalistic, badass nature of him just kind of laying into Hunter, or as he laid into Sheamus before that. The crowd obviously got behind that. That was the first time in a long time I had heard the crowd get like 100% behind him with the thank you Roman chants, um, considering that they were chanting for John Cena and they missed the we missed Rollins chants earlier in the night. Um, I think this badass, unpredictable nature that Reigns' character has taken on considering all the times he's been screwed out of the title in the past year. Um, I think this is something that could work for him moving forward. However, tonight, they're in Philadelphia. And in Philadelphia, they, they can kind of see what's... They can kind of see through guys and their character sometimes. If they don't like you, they let you know about it. They did that with Reigns when he won the Royal Rumble in Philly back in January. This, that, 
tonight, Philadelphia, that's where the, all that hatred really kicked into high gear for Reigns was in Philadelphia. And how ironic that tonight, after what took place last night at TLC, with the reaction that he got at the end after what he did to Triple H, how ironic would it be if, like, he comes back to Philadelphia and they embrace it? Are they going to buy this, you know, this version of Roman Reigns? Is WWE creative going to stick with this version of Roman Reigns? To me, I hope they do because less talking, more action, more hard-hitting action from him. You almost kind of give, kind of have to give him the Goldberg treatment in a way where the, the, the powerful, impactful moves in a short period of time with limited talking, that is what people will like about him. And that's what they did like about him when he was in the Shield, before they broke the Shield up. And that's why he got as popular as he did before the breakup of the Shield. So who knows how this is going to um, <clears throat> affect the, you know, the, his storylines moving forward and his character moving forward. But I did dig the end and the way he just kind of lost it. And he, and he took it out on Triple H, and a lot of people are predicting him and Hunter at WrestleMania. But to be quite honest with you, with the beating that he gave Triple H, do you think Triple H's character is going to wait till WrestleMania to get his revenge on Roman Reigns? I don't know. I, I mean, they're on a collision course with the two of them, but I just don't think WrestleMania would be the perfect place for that match. But overall, I thought the show was fun. The crowd was into it. There was some good stuff. There was some okay stuff. There was some great stuff. Um, and I think they made up for the okay, lackluster, passable Survivor Series pay-per-view. And what they made up, what they lacked in surprises with storytelling, they made up for with, like, the nature of violence in some of these matches. It's good stuff. And it's interesting how the crowd was uh... – you know, feeling it was interesting for me because I, I got to be honest, like it, it um, this is one of the first pay per views, and we talked a lot this year, and 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 you know, and shameless plug, make sure to tune in next week in our year end wrap up uh, as we have our last show of the year. But I, I the, the running theme, and you know, I think we're gonna hit it probably a lot, a lot, uh, you know, next week is we we talked a lot this year of. You know, mediocre build, decent pay-per-views. Mediocre build, decent pay-per-views. And I don't know what it was. And maybe it's because, like, the nature of, you know, these matches, uh, you know, supposing to be uh, more violent, uh, you know, TLC, so you get more violence involved. And maybe, you know, in the back of my head, I, I just, I feel like these matches need to be blow-offs where, where they're like, there's, there's intense rivalries that I'm engrossed in that I... And, uh, you know, that I really want to see, like, some violence because these two guys really hate each other because the storytelling's been great. And, and that wasn't there. And I found myself a lot last night watching matches um, and sitting there actually thinking, this isn't a bad match. Like, and why am I not into this? Like, and and it, was, it was weird for me where I'm like, this is, this is good. Like, I can't fault the performers in the ring right now. I'm enjoying this match. I'm, I'm enjoying the physicality. But I couldn't bring myself to care. And for me, I think this is the first time that the build um, affected me a lot. Now, positive-wise, yeah, New Day continues to be, uh, you know, probably the most entertaining thing on on WWE television. Um, they're a lot of fun. Uh, you know, there was a lot of suspense in that match. I would have been shocked if New Day lost. Um 
But, you know, I mean, it, it was good stuff. Uh, I think the shock of the night for me was Ambrose defeating Kevin Owens. Uh, I thought that was a decent match. It was interesting. You know, it was one of those things where you felt like the IWC was going to explode because it's like, who do you root for? We love them both. Can they both be IC championships? And now the IWC is probably in a panic that Kevin Owens is going to get uh, buried, as they, they love to say. But, um, you know, I agree with you. You know, we talked about in the last show, uh, Del Rio and Jack Swagger. Uh, you know, it was an okay match. Um, but I, it was tough for me, even remotely, to ever consider Jack Swagger a legit threat to Alberto oh. Del Rio. Um, it was another match again with the the storytelling and the build. It was tough for me to get into just because, you know, Swagger hasn't been around forever and now he's supposed to be relevant. Um, you know, not a horrible match by any stretch, but I just, I, again, I had trouble just getting into the, the Jack Swagger character. Um, I do want to delve into it. And I couldn't agree with you more, Dave, on the, uh, the, the Charlotte thing with Ric Flair and the, um, you know, it's it's really, you know, this, this diva revolution is just, uh, you know, I, I just don't know. And, and, and it's like they just can't get out of their own way. And they, they had someone in Charlotte. Look, like to me, Dave, if you had Charlotte and she really was having trouble getting over and, and whatever, and she was rough in the ring or, or what, her character wasn't, you know, uh, being built properly, whatever, whatever negative could have been happening, I, I, then I would get bringing Flair in. But Charlotte was doing okay for herself. You know, does she have yeah. a little bit to learn? Absolutely. Is she, you know, you know, is she perfect? No. Uh, you know, are, are her promos great? No. Are they passable? I think so. I think Charlotte was doing pretty well on her own and and to have her get to the pinnacle to get to the championship and then kind of you know bring in her dad it, it almost comes off as kind of a crutch and it's a weird and we use this word a lot on our last show and i'm going to use it again so if you want to play the ken Reedy show drinking game everyone pour your drink and drink every time i say muddied because it, it, to me that's just muddied it up it, and and there's a lot of stuff going on with the WWE, the storytelling, that, that they're muddying up storylines. And I feel like right now with, with these guys, with Charlotte and Paige, and it's like the crowd doesn't really know what to do. It's like Charlotte's, Charlotte and Paige, both of them, are kind of doing heelish kind of things. All right? For Paige, she's been that way. Charlotte, it's kind of new. You throw in Ric Flair, who's the dirtiest player in the game. I get it. But he's beloved now. He's not Ric Flair, the dirtiest player in the game. He's Ric Flair, lovable old guy, two-time uh, Hall of Famer that, you know, we all love. We all want to go to the arena and go, woo! So, I mean, to, to, to help build Charlotte as, as a heel and, and bring Ric Flair in and, and expect that, like, Flair is going to help Charlotte get heat. And, you know, I get the family connection, and I and I get it, but... I, you know, if you bring Rick back every now and again, I think it's great. Uh, I think it's a good thing to, to you know, keep the family connection uh, obvious but and, 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 you know, use it for marketing. I get all of that. I mean, I dig Charlotte's theme music. I, I like the way they incorporated, incorporated Ric Flair's entrance theme. Um, but it just, it, the whole thing, it just doesn't work for me. 
And even now, for me as a fan, I know he's kind of doing the heel thing and he's doing the old school flair thing and whatever, but I still want to cheer for Rick. I mean, it's Rick Flair. I don't want to boo him. I don't want to hate him. You know, and so it, it, to me, the whole the whole thing has gotten really muddied up, and I, I just don't know. I don't know even if they know what they're doing. So as good a match as these ladies could have, uh, you know, I, I just don't know what they're doing. Um, as far as Sheamus and Reigns, I, I agree with you. I mean, you got a better sense of the way the crowd was. Um, it's it's really difficult. I mean, and you and I, Dave, both of us, we're not haters on either of these guys. Um, you know, I get it that, that for whatever reason, Sheamus and Reigns are not resonating, um, but we're not haters on these guys. Uh, you know, I think these guys, both of them, uh, you know, can be used. I think they're both talented. They're both uh, physical specimens. Uh, you know, at very at the very minimum, just Sheamus after matches, having the pictures of his welts, uh, you know, always serves to, to be uh, something fun for the social media fodder. Um, but it was kind of a, it was a weird feel for me. Um, I love the end, uh, and it is something where you know, with Roman Reigns, for the love of God, for the love of God and all that is holy and righteousness in the world of pro wrestling. If, if Stanford, if you're listening, if anyone in Stanford is listening, what you the are, true rhymes, cut the corny jokes, cut the stupid smiles, cut all the humor. All the humor, do not even remotely for one millisecond more decide to use Roman Reigns in any way for comic relief. Roman Reigns, at this point in time, needs to be a guy. I mean, he should have been already. And you said it, Dave. He was the ass kicker in the shield. He should continue to be the ass kicker. But you know what? After what happened last night, the character Roman Reigns climbed to the top of the mountain at WrestleMania got screwed by his best friend, former best friend, almost beats Lesnar on the biggest stage of them all, but Cashin loses, has a five-minute title reign, a title reign, again, loses that belt to Sheamus. Close to winning last night, League of Nations interfere. The character Roman Reigns has been so close to the top of the mountain, and he gets screwed each and every time. If this... If this man existed in real life, he would not make jokes about it. He would not smile about it. He would not even even remotely do anything humorous surrounding the situation. This is a man. This is a character that needs to be pissed off. It needs he needs to be an ass kicker. He needs to be a guy that has, has is so fed up with what's happened. He's not going to take it anymore. He doesn't care about the ramifications. He doesn't care if he gets fired. He's just you know whatever. If, if I'm going to fight the way I'm supposed to fight and I'm not going to get that belt anyway, well, I'm going to kick everyone's ass who's, who's in front of me. And that should be the Roman Reigns character. I think that's a character we can get behind. I think it's a character the fans can get behind. Look, when John Cena comes back, let Cena be the guy with the corny jokes. That's fine. Let other guys. You've got New Day on the roster. They're incredible, and they've got, they've got a good mix of doing the, the humor uh, as well as, you know, good stuff in the ring and, and, and having a good run as tag team champions. Let them garner some laughs. As far as Roman Reigns goes, whoever is scripting them, or, no more jokes. Not one, not barely even crack a smile until he actually has the WWE belt on him. To me, Dave, like you said, if the biggest question mark right now, and you're right, going into Philadelphia 
it's really interesting that all this stuff happens the night before they go to Philadelphia. They got to you want this this fan base to buy in. And and even if they whether they buy in or not. To me when Roman Reigns shows up tonight, number 1, I don't even know if I had him have him cut a promo, but number 2, I would just have him kicking ass and taking names. I don't know, maybe throughout Raw. Just beating the hell out of anyone he can get his hands on because that to me is the only way that you can get him over with Philly and get him over with the rest of wrestling fans out there. Well, that that's that's very true, but at the same time, um, somebody else that could help get him over as a babyface is Stephanie McMahon. Um, she's hated everywhere. There, there, there's no discrimination whatsoever, um, you know, it, it, geographically when it comes to Stephanie McMahon and the Stephanie McMahon character. The fans don't like her. So I can kind of see tonight being, well, first of all, they're not going to fire him. They're not going to fire the Roman Reigns character um, on TV. I would be surprised if they did that. Um, And like I said, I would be really surprised if they waited to do him and Triple H at WrestleMania. Um, They might keep Hunter off the TV tonight to sell the injuries, but Stephanie's available. And it wouldn't surprise me if she kind of had a face-to-face in-ring confrontation of sorts with Reigns, maybe an indefinite suspension. Maybe this is just more punishment. Maybe he'll, you know, have to go through the authorities' obstacles. But her against him, like face-to-face in that ring um, with his kind of badass persona um, in Philadelphia, um, I could see I, – I wouldn't say I could see the crowd getting super behind him, but I could see the crowd really ripping on Stephanie and, and not getting behind her, and then Reigns would be like the de facto hero in that scenario with the audience. Um, but like I said, it's going to be hard for me to – it's hard for me to figure out if the crowd will buy him as this and if WWE is going to continue the course with this character, if this is going to, they're going to incorporate into, into his character this unpredictable nature, this badass, just ass-kicking nature of, of, of his persona. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping they do because I, I think that could work. Um, but if this was just a one-time thing and they go back to the same old stuff and they don't get the reaction that they want, to me, um, I mean, it's it, it, can trying to continue to make him a babyface moving forward is not going to work. Um, so that's that's my take on it, uh, and hopefully, hopefully this is this is really woken them up creatively to know the limitations that they have with Reigns right now moving forward. Remains to be seen what what uh, what they're going to do tonight. We want to hear from you guys. What do you think? I mean, did you like what we saw at the Reigns? Is there any hope for the Reigns character? Give us a call, 347-838-9815. That is the number. we got a bunch of you on hold. We're going to get to you right after the break, but it is that time. You know, we do it at this time each and every week. It is time now for the most comprehensive news report in all of podcast land. Here we go, the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Good evening. You're listening to the best news report in the wrestling podcast scene, the Day 5, sponsored and endorsed by 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes to experience this groundbreaking evolution in wrestling podcasts, as you will find a very diverse set of shows to cleanse your wrestling palate. Now, without further ado... 
tonight's stories. In our first story, Sting revealed in an interview with WWE.com last week that due to the physicality in his title match with Seth Rollins at Night of Champions, he will need neck surgery. Sting didn't reveal the particular procedure or the timetable for the surgery, but he did note that he may get the procedure taken care of by Pittsburgh's Dr. Joseph Maroon. Maroon is famous for working on John Cena, who had his procedure taken care of in 2008 and returned within a three-month period. Despite this news, several wrestling media outlets reported that allegedly WWE still has plans to use Sting at WrestleMania 32 in some capacity. Whether it's an in-ring presence or a Hall of Fame induction, nobody knows at this time. Ring of Honor announced during a press release this past weekend that they now have formed a working relationship with the popular Southern California independent promotion, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. PWG is famous for showcasing talents such as Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Luke Harper, Cesaro, Neville, and countless others. The nature of their working relationship is a talent swap, with exclusivity to contracted Ring of Honor talent appealing, appearing on select PWG shows a year. And it looks like this past weekend's Fans at PWG's events witnessed that as Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, the Young Bucks, and Ring of Honor TV champion Roderick Strong all appeared on the show. As of right now, this is all we know about the relationship between both parties. Cody Rhodes announced on Twitter this week that a project highlighting his late father, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, will come out in the year 2017. The project is titled The Last Cowboy did say that an official announcement and details would be coming shortly. No details, however, on if WWE has any involvement in this project. Following last night's TLC event, WWE announced via a press release that they have hired Showtime boxing analyst Mauro Ranallo to be the lead commentator for SmackDown once it makes the move to the USA Network on January 7, 2016. Ronaldo has over 30 years of broadcasting experience as he has called many major boxing matches for Showtime. Pride fighting championships, glory kickboxing. He even called the international feed of the historic snooze fest known as Mayweather and Pacquiao from this past spring, just to name a few. The story notes that Ronaldo will still call boxing matches for Showtime along with glory kickboxing events while under contract to WWE. An announcement of his hiring is expected to be made on tonight's Raw telecast. And in our final story this week, the Lucha Libre scene just became interesting as the highly popular Lucha Underground announced that they have signed former WWE superstar Rey Mysterio. A trailer for the upcoming season was released with new footage of Mysterio in it. He even made a surprise appearance at a Lucha Underground TV taping this past weekend, competing in a battle royal for the Lucha Underground title. The debut episode of Season 2 will premiere Wednesday, January 27th, 8 p.m. on the El Rey Network. And there you have it, chock full of news and out of breath. That was the Day 550-50 News Report. Thank you all for tuning in, and don't forget, 1640 PWPR. Subscribe for free on iTunes right now because you don't want to miss out. Ken, back to you. Good stuff, as always, Dave. Uh, God, you know, interesting stuff, man, with uh, Sting, you know. Um I tell you, you know, I mean, you couldn't have planned for an injury like this, but, uh, you know, you always make the case as far as Sting coming over to the WWE. I mean, it, it's it's almost been worst-case scenario. And, uh, you know, you think that he, his, as far as in-ring, he may, in fact, be done. I mean, we wish him the best, but uh, 
just crazy stuff when it comes to Sting. I mean, I, I'd like to see a Hall of Fame. Maybe we get that because uh, uh, this year's WrestleMania is uh, supposed to be huge. But, uh, you know, not been a great year for Sting as far as his uh, WWE run, Dave. It's been uh, – expectations have been high for him, and I think fans are uh, – they feel disappointed in his WWE run. Um I'm kind of in between on his WWE run. I think there's been some uh, some stuff that I didn't care for, and then I think there's been some stuff that has been decent. Um, he's not a WWE creation, and we all know how Vince McMahon feels about guys that he did not create. He will not put as much emphasis on those particular talents. Um, Sting's got a unique situation with WWE in his contract. Um I mean, I'm hoping to see him. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see him at least have one last match and kind of ride out into the sunset. Um, you know, I enjoyed the WrestleMania match with Triple H. They really, for for two guys at their age, they really brought it. And of course, you know, the the surprises with the NWO and DX and all that stuff made that match. That was probably one of the coolest moments of the year. And I'll, I'm sure I'll elaborate on, on next week's year and review show about that. But. Um, I, you know, for a guy as talented as Sting, I, I, I hope that – I mean, I'm betting we'll see a Hall of Fame induction, if not this year in Dallas, um, at some point within the next couple next couple of years. But um, I think Sting, hopefully the neck injury isn't serious enough where, you know, he's going to need a fusion surgery because that would keep him out longer. Um, but the, the surgery that he is rumored to be getting um, – requires the surgeon to go through the front of the neck. John Cena had that surgery. Kurt Angle had that surgery. Those those surgeries are short-term fixes. Those are not like the serious spinal fusion surgery like Steve Austin had and Edge and um, Hurricane, Shane Helms, Rhino, those guys. So I think think Sting is going that route so that he could eventually have one more match in WWE and just kind of go out. Not, I wouldn't say on top, but not go out the way he did at Night of Champions, unfortunately, with his match with Rollins. Um, so, time will tell on that situation, but depending on surgery or not, I expect him to be a part of WrestleMania in some form or fashion. The rumor was, was that he was going to have a match with Bray Wyatt. Um, and we'll see. Like, January, usually January, you know, early January, the first Raw of the new year, or even the Raw that's going to go head-to-head with um, the uh, – the national championship, which is going to be on the 11th. Uh, those are usually big raws. Usually they announce a hall of fame inductee on one of those raws in the early months of January. So if we don't see an announcement at some point of Sting either going into the hall of fame in Dallas, or maybe him making an appearance to set up some kind of match with somebody, then it's, then you could really tell that his time in WWE, unfortunately is, is truly over. Yeah, again, and then obviously, you know, true legend, so uh, we wish him the best. And, uh, again, I agree. Hopefully we see him uh, get back in the squared circle at least one more time just to, you know, you just want that uh, lasting image of just a legend at least going out uh, on a positive note. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Let's get out there to the phones. we got Tony who's been on hold. Tony, how you doing tonight? Hey, guys, I'm doing all right. How you doing? We're doing all right. So, uh, you know, uh, I think for, for all of us, I mean, uh, you know, we thought the pay-per-view was kind of entertaining. Um, 
some storytelling is leaving a little bit to be desired. And the uh, big question is what they do with, with Roman Reigns, uh, especially his character. Well, I'm curious what you thought about the pay-per-view and uh, uh, what you want to see going forward, uh, especially in tonight's Raw. I really enjoyed the pay-per-view last night. I thought it was um, a very, you know, really entertaining show. I, you know, I mean, I expected there to be a lot of plunder in, in a few of those matches. The, the main event was, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's like, uh, you know, for the most part, I did enjoy it. I know it's like the fans were, cha- were cha- dueling Cena chance and they were chaining NXT through in, in the portion of the match, and I, I thought that was kind of weird that the crowd was kind of sort of hijacking the match there, but I thought that for the most part the the, uh, the TLC match was really good. Um, the um, the end was I, oh my god that was that was unbelievable. It was like you know like Roman Reigns just oh my god it was like the beating the Triple H like Triple H took it was just like oh man it was unbelievable. It was like I you know it was like I, I figured he was I figured Reigns was going to go after him or do something, but I didn't think it was you know it was like they really went all out and it was just like you know he kind of you know, he, he was. Even kind of, he was kind of like saying, "Screw it," you know. He just laid, he just laid, laid him out, and it was just like, and even saying at the end, it doesn't matter and everything or whatever. So it's, yeah, a lot, definitely a lot better than what we saw on Monday with the tater tot crap. My uh, geez, uh, and, um, the, um, the, the 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 tag ladder match was, oh my god, that that, that was that was that was amazing. This, that, that Callisto spot, I was just like, that was insane. I was just, oh my god, I, it was. It was really unreal. Like, you know, it's like you know, those six guys had a, you know, they had a great match too. You know, even like Woods getting in, throwing the trombone right, you know, right was back to distract them to, uh, you know, then I think I forget who knocked him off the ladder, but uh, uh, that was a great opener. The um, the uh, Kevin Owens and Dean Ambrose. I was I was yeah, I was shocked to see uh, Ambrose win it too. It was like, well, I, uh, it, it was a little surprising for me. You know, I. Was thinking they would give, keep the belt on Kevin Owens for a bit, but it was still, it was a good match. I really enjoyed it. I liked the table match. You know the ECW guys versus the you know and the Wyatts. I thought they did. I thought they did a lot of good stuff there. You know with the tables and the weapon spots. The uh, real swagger I thought was solid too. You know it was a good it was a good chair match. Uh, Rusev right back was what it was. Uh, the, the only stuff like I say, you know, like you know like. The, 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 what they're doing with Charlotte, though, like I say, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like you have to, you have Paige do this. You know, it's like bring, you know, they have to bring up her, you know, Charlotte's real deceased brother, and then it's like Charlotte should have wanted to tear Paige to pieces last month, and it's just like you know, it's like now that now all of a sudden it's like they forget that that, that they even did that, and they're turning her heel and making her into a, like you say a female version of her dad, and I I just thought that match was really kind of. I just thought that match was kind of all over the place. And even, like, backstage later on, it was like, you know, it was like, with, with Becky, it was like, you know, it's like, she was doing the whole, it's like, oh, yeah, we could still be, we could still be buddies or whatever. And then it was like, it was like, you know, with, the, with that stupid pinky swear. And it's like, oh, no, no. And then they're like, they're like, no, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, so, I mean, I don't know, it's like, so, I guess, you know, Charlotte's, is the female version of her dad, and Becky's going to be the female version of Sting? Or, or what's going on here? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I guess saying you know, and, and one of the things also, and I'm curious if you and, and Dave actually, I'm curious either one of you got this. I, I that segment in the back, I almost you know, and maybe it's just knowing Rick, uh, not knowing a person, but knowing the character Rick Flair, I, I found it almost borderline creepy because you got, I mean, all right, it's father and daughter. But you know, you got daughter is is dressed essentially in, in a bikini back there, 
And we all know what Ric Flair intimated during his career when he was going out on the town. So, I mean, when he was, when they were back there and it's like, you know, time to go out in Boston, blah, blah, blah. And it was just kind of, I don't know. I found it kind of creepy, like a, you know, father and daughter, like getting ready to, to go out on the town and, and is Flair going to be trying to find, uh, you know, people to ride Space Mountain. It just kind of, it was, I don't know. I just thought the whole thing was just weird. And, and you brought up a good point, man. I mean, you know, the, the, the whole deceased brother thing, I mean, could you be more of a heel after doing something like that? And, you know, you, you have it all set up right for just Charlotte to be the ultimate face because Paige was just an absolute bitch uh, bringing up something like that. And then now, now they're, again, muddying the waters here. So, I mean, yeah, I and look, you're not going to find a wrestling fan or, or, or pro wrestler for that matter doesn't love Ric Flair. Um, but I just don't think it, it's helping Charlotte at all. Definitely not. I mean, you know, like I say, that's, she was in NXT, and even when they first brought her up, you know, she was doing stuff that was, like, you know, she, she, the, the whole thing with the, her just, you know, like, they figure, okay, it's, she's Ric Flair's daughter, so she's got to do everything he does. I mean, and that, that's it, it's just stupid, you know. It's like, you know, it's like, you know just because it's, like I said, just because she's a flair doesn't mean she has to do all the stuff that Rick did. You know, it's, yeah, I mean, like, it's, yeah, I I really think they're doing her a disservice. You know, it's like they're just turning her heel out of nowhere and then doing the whole, you know, now she's going to be the dirtiest player or whatever. And now, I guess, like I said, they're going to do her and Becky is going to be this, like I said, she's going to be the female version of Sting now or what? <laughs> it's, it's, it's so, I don't know, I just find that thing to be so, so, so idiotic. Yeah, that's, you know, it's just, oh, God. But it's, yeah, it's like not make any sense. And it's one of those things, you know, a few years back, and I remember, you know, having an opportunity actually to to talk uh, to Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and and him saying how that he wasn't happy when they kind of saddled his son with a similar gimmick, because he was like, you just kind of you're, you're, you know, you're not letting him kind of go out on his own and build his own way. You're kind of trying to mooch off of something that's already been done and. And like I said, Charlotte was on her way. Charlotte was doing a nice job, and now it's almost like, all right, we're going to try and make her a female carbon copy of, of her dad. It just, I, I don't know. It just doesn't, it's not making any sense to me. And, and you got people that are, are physically talented that can really go in the ring. Um, I, I just don't get what they're doing. Um, you know, but uh, I, I'm curious, I mean, you're start, we didn't get to talk about it, Dave, and I kind of like your take, and I'm glad, I, I'm glad you brought it up. And I know we're kind of all over the map with this, but, uh, you know, because we didn't do our pre-show last night, we didn't talk about the infamous tater tots. And, uh, uh, Tony, I'm glad you brought it up, because, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, that was one of those things, I, you know, I was embarrassed for them. Uh, I thought the segment went on way too long. Uh, it, it didn't make any sense. It like a lot of the segment, like part of it, almost sounded like a, you know, a, a bad joke. You know, where it was, uh, you know, why don't you get in the ring, son? Well, if I get in the ring, you're just going to hit me with the chair. All right, I'll get the chair out of the ring now. Why don't you come in? Well, well, if I get in the ring now, you're just going to hit me with the table. You know, it it, it sounded like you know it, the 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 cadence sounded like you know a two Jews walk into a bar kind of joke or something like that. It just, I, 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 it was too long. It was bad. It didn't make me want to watch the pay per view. Uh, it was corny. And, and by contrast, I hope we get ass kicking uh, Roman Reigns coming out of last night's pay per view. But uh, yeah, I mean that segment last night. And you know, and Dave, I want your take because when you when you do that segment, when you end a raw with a segment 
you're supposed to be getting people to want to watch the pay-per-view. And to me, Dave, uh, that did the exact opposite. Well, I was fortunate enough that I fell asleep in the middle of Raw last week, <laughs> and I didn't get the opportunity to witness the, the, the tater tot joke firsthand. Um, but I heard all about it on social media, and uh, I said, well, let me, you know, give this a shot and take a look at it and see how bad it really was. And the first time he said it, okay, I it wasn't that bad the way it came across. I'll be perfectly honest with you. It was one joke. But then when he kept referring to him as tater tots throughout the whole rest of the segment and how he was getting no reaction and the fact that they had to dim the lights because half the arena had left during the segment, it looked like two guys in a semi-empty arena talking and there was like no reaction and it just came off completely bad um and to me i was like oh boy like it like i once i saw that i was like they're gonna be in boston i'm like it's just not gonna be a good scene in terms of like the audience participation and last night proved that i mean they chanted we want cena you know, the, the the going chant when when John Cena was around was, let's go Cena, Cena sucks. They chanted, we want Cena. Yeah, we heard the Cena sucks, but they wanted John Cena to come back. And normally when you go to a town, especially in the Northeast, and yes, it was Boston and it was close to Cena's home, but, you know, his old hometown. But, Christ, they were chanting that they wanted him back. They chanted that they missed Rollins. They, like Tony said earlier, they're chanting NXT. They totally were not into either one of them, and I don't think that segment on Monday truly helped. What saved it, though, was the segment at the end with Reigns and Triple H. Definitely, yeah. yeah that, that segment at the end was yeah, It was a great way to close out the show. I totally didn't see it coming, and it was like it's pretty much. I think it's like the first time in two, almost two and a half years Triple H has been healed, and he's actually really got you know he's really gotten his. You know, I mean, it was kind of like you know like the. Back in the day, when Austin used to stun Vince, you know, I don't know. If, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get like they're going to try to recreate that too with Reigns and Triple H. But I mean, uh, that, I mean that that was kind of the feeling I got out of the out of that at the end of, at the end of the TLC show. It was like, yeah, yeah, you know, Reigns just doesn't give a crap, and he's just going to beat the hell out of Triple H. And my God, the Triple, you know, it's like he he just he. You know, it's like it was like the you know it's like the uh, you know just like Finn's in the, in the attitude area. You know, it was like the heel boss finally took you know he finally had finally took the freaking beating. After, you know, it was uh, you know like I say it was, it was a really good ending to the show. Yeah, and the uh, thing is like that, and that's what we got. We need from Reigns, though. You know, if yeah. like what last night was great, and you know what, if if Raw opens tonight. And Reigns comes down to the ring, and they hand him a microphone, and he's got a big, stupid smile on his face, and he's kind of joking and laughing about how he laid out Triple H. Even if he's talking about Triple H, and even if he's talking about the beatdown, if he's lighthearted about it and like, yeah, you know, whatever, making corny jokes, they will like, I mean, that's the problem right now with the WWE is I could see them honestly destroying everything they built last night within 30 seconds of Raw starting. He's just got to come out tonight with, with being like a man on a mission. He's, he's, a, he's a rabid animal that was backed into a corner, and now he doesn't care whose head he takes off. That's, that's what we need. And, Dave, you brought it up. You know, use Stephanie to help uh, put Reigns over. But 
You know, like I said, if Reigns comes out tonight and starts joking about what he did to Triple H last night, uh, then then everything about that segment goes out the window, and we're going to be right back where we started from. Tony, great stuff as always. Hopefully we don't get that. Hopefully we get a kick-ass Raw. And hope you can call in next week because we're going to be wrapping up the year, talking about uh, this year in 2016. So I'd love to hear your take on this year and what you think we should do uh, going forward. So uh, thanks for the call. We'll talk to you soon. All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. Take these, brother. Let's go back out of the phones. we got some people who have been on hold. Let's go out there. we got Rocky who's been on the line. Rocky, how you doing this evening? Doing fine, guys. How are you guys? Doing all right. Kind of dissecting the pay-per-view last night. Uh, I know you watched. Uh, give us your thoughts on uh, you know what stuck, stuck out with you on the pay-per-view. Uh, good, bad, ugly. Give it to us. Yeah, um, I have to say, considering that uh, the WWE has stepped up their pay-per-view game this year, I- I'm sad to say this one was a little bit of a disappointment for me. Uh, definitely uh, they not as good as previous pay-per-views this year. Uh, you know, some stuff they did right and some stuff they did wrong. Like, the, I felt the first match, the, uh, the, the, the tag match, that was obviously a high spot, you know, and you open you open the show really high. So, I, I for, for me, that was a premonition that, okay, they're really going to have to step up their game if this is what they're opening with. And sure enough, they opened high, and it just seemed to me that every match after that fell flat against that. Um... Again, you guys talking about the the ending with uh, with Roman, and from from listening to the previous conversation that you were having, um, I, I've come to realize that especially we're, we're talking about guys who are second, third generation. You know, Charlotte, uh, not you know, Reigns is in there, and that he's a cousin to The Rock, and when you think about it. And I, and I perfectly wholeheartedly agree with you, Ken. When you think about Reigns back in the Shield, Reigns was this intense muscle that was no nonsense, that was, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to hit you and I'm going to hit you hard. And it seems that ever since they broke him apart, you know, they're trying to kind of push him in the rocks, vein, and now you're going to be this quippy, jokey, smart-alecky guy that, yeah, you punch people in the mouth, but we want you to joke about it like the Rock would. Because when you think about it, you know, Rock was the exact opposite. While Rock was a big man and he had a great look, if you found, if the Rock went intense, you'd kind of find that weird. Because his character was all about the smart alecky, I can, I can rule you on the mic. And that's the way I'm going to do it. Whereas with Reigns, if he goes intense, I think the fans will gravitate to that versus let's make him a jokester. What do you think? I agree. I mean, it might be just another case. You know, I, I never even thought of, like, the, the whole idea. I mean, I, I've kind of looked more at uh, at the whole thing with Reigns and being jokey and everything kind of uh, – uh, almost trying to make him uh, like Cena, but maybe there is a little bit of a rock kind of thing. Like, hey, you know, 
we we've we've exploited his relation to the rock like let's try and uh you know give him some smart algae remarks but um you know yeah i mean it's not working and and whatever the reason is yeah i mean i think that the the intense reigns works the ass kicker works minimal talking will work for reigns and it's it's kind of one of those things where you look at, you know, look, I don't know exactly what goes on behind the scenes and, and what they're doing to build these guys up and build the characters, but, um, you know, you got you got to do stuff that, that rings true. you got to do stuff that rings, that that, that is genuine to, to who these individuals are. And, and, you know, there are times where you watch Reigns cutting a joke and he almost looks uncomfortable. And, and, and I think, you know, what... what you know what made people really like Reigns coming out of the Shield, and what pe- what made people really like what happened last night was not only was it cool and intense and violent and and it worked storyline wise and everything else, but it came off as genuine. And, and I think there's just a, a part of Roman Reigns, the, the the man, the real man that that has that intensity uh, in him that. You know, they need to bring to the forefront of his character. That's what he is. That's what's going to work for him, uh, being just the big muscle. And, uh, you know, that intensity, you know, like I said earlier, you got guys on the roster that that make jokes. You got funny parts of the roster. You you, you have that. Uh, Let Reigns be the intensity. Um, I, I don't think it's rocket surgery, you know. It's just... Uh, to me, that's just the way to go. But it's an interesting point you bring up where, you know, perhaps uh, there is a little bit of, uh, you know, the rock kind of thing and trying to build him that way. Um, your thoughts, Dave? I mean, I, I, I've, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. Reigns, limited talking, uh, maybe even shorter. I mean, well, I mean, his in-ring ability is good, but power moves, impactful moves, his repertoire, um, maybe in, in short spurts to start out, is the is the is the thing for him, in my opinion. I mean, when he when he was in the shield, he was in a group, so I, I wouldn't say he was protected, but um, his uh, his, uh, his his limited ability was covered up with the ability that Ambrose and Rollins had, and he was somewhat of the muscle. Um, you know, now he's on his own. He doesn't have that sort of protection with him, but you could still do stuff with him that, that can get over, could be believable and people can get behind. Um, I, I truly believe this. And I said this, I think I talked about this in last week's show. I'm the kind of person, I mean, WWE's mindset is that everyone needs a personality. Everybody needs an over the top personality to get over to some degree there. There's truth in that. But I think in a case with Roman Reigns and with other guys like Cesaro and maybe even Daniel Bryan to a certain extent, their ability is what's getting them over. You know what I mean? Their ability to excite the audience inside the ring, bell to bell, is what's getting is what's drawing the people to them. The other stuff can be a work in progress. I just think with somebody like Reigns you don't want to do too much work in building a in-depth character with him. Not saying that he's got no personality. Maybe, as a, maybe in real life, his personality is something that could be used on television, and he just hasn't tapped into that yet. I don't know. For now, like I said, I'd give him the Goldberg treatment, and I wouldn't really let him do a whole lot of talking. 
maybe a, maybe you know something short with his catchphrase, believe that, or I bring the big fight, or whatever. Something that you know that incorporates his character with a little bit of talking and a lot more action, just ass kicking, because that seems to be what's what's getting him over. Last he didn't that that crowd didn't chant thank you Roman because he cut a 15 minute Paul Heyman promo. Just look at it like that. Yeah, no, I can totally agree. And going off of what uh, Ken was saying with a previous call, uh, talking about Charlotte kind of, you know, making a, a, a mini, trying to make a mini flare, um, I, I feel that the WWE kind of mismanages that uh, that aspect of its characters where you have Charlotte, you know what? Absolutely refer to a pedigree. That's that's name recognition. Do you have to make it try to make a carbon copy of Rick? Absolutely not. But uh like in my estimation, like after this rivalry with Paige, which has been uh, you know, it's it's had its ups and downs, but in my estimation it, it should be at an end. Like one way you can go, uh moving forward if you want to talk about next generation stars have a have a rivalry with Charlotte and Natalia you know playing up their pedigrees but you know again you, you do that for na- you do that for the name recognition you know to try to recreate the characters to try to, to try to saddle them as uh, Ted DiBiase said with the same exact uh, you know background gimmick, however you want to call it. You know, I think that's being unfair to the performer, and I think that's being unfair to the fans. You know, look, we as the fans are not stupid. We can tell Charlotte is not Ric Flair. Charlotte is Charlotte. Let Charlotte develop Charlotte into what she wants. But absolutely use that name recognition that this is Flair's kid. Look, you know, look for big things from this performer. Sure. You know, that's understandable. That's that being said, the one, the two other matches that drew my attention from the pay per view. One was the uh, the Wyatts, uh, the Wyatts Dudleys, and honestly, it drew my attention for not being great. Uh, I, I I don't know what it is, but it seems like I, I don't know if it's the Dudleys that are off, or it just seems that whoever they're working with. Maybe their timing is, you know, maybe they need work on the timing. But it seems that something's clashing when uh, when the Dudleys get in the ring with whoever they get in the ring with. I don't know. Um, and the other match that, uh, that I enjoyed because I think they're both good talents and there's well, a lot to look forward to down the line would be Rusev uh, Ryback. Uh, I think that... You know, it was a good heelish ending. Um, I, I've always been a fan of the Ryback character. I think he brings a lot of intensity. He has a great look. Um, I can definitely see him holding the big belt. You know, his, his mic skills need some polishing, but I can definitely see him holding the big belt somewhere down the line. And really the same with Rusev. Uh, you know, whereas they were doing the love triangle thing, I'm kind of glad they're getting away from that. Just let Rusev be, you know, uh, a hard-nosed, 
punch you in the mouth type of guy. And getting him with the League of Nations, I'm looking for big things from them as well. Yeah, all good stuff, Rocky. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Uh, yeah, we're going to discuss a lot of that like uh, once we let you go. But great stuff, great points. And uh, give us a call next week as we wrap up 2015. Will do, guys. Take care. Take it easy, brother. You know, interesting stuff. I'm curious, Dave. I want to get your take on, uh, you know, how the arena was reacting. But, you know, Rocky brought it up, the uh, the elimination tables match, and uh, just came over on the, the Raw pre-show that there's going to be a – and an eight-man tag match, uh, hardcore rules tonight on uh, Monday Night Raw, which, again, you know, interesting stuff that, uh, you know, we kind of look at the Wyatts, and, and the Wyatts kind of could use, uh, you know, some victories under their belt. They win last night. You know, you kind of hope they, they win tonight. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, with this hardcore tag team match. But, I, I gotta say I, I agree a little bit with Rocky. Uh, you know the the Dudleys. Uh, I don't know if they've really you know been the, the Dudleys that we'd like to see since they've come back. Uh, the the match you know was decent. It had some you know okay spots. I kind of found the match to be a bit sloppy. Um, and it was funny at the end because uh, living room pop when uh, the lighter fluid came out. And I looked at everyone, and I'm like, PG rating, man. They're so going to blue ball us on the fire. They're so going to blue ball us on this. <laughs> and, and and sure enough, we do not get a flaming table. Um, so, I mean, it was one of those things, man, where I, I it was entertaining. It kind of had that uh, train wreck kind of feel to it. Um, but I thought it was sloppy at times. I, I'm kind of curious, Dave. Number one, your thoughts on the match. And number two, like what uh, the arena was like during that match. Uh, I mean, they were pretty – I wouldn't say they were hot for it, but they were into it. Um, they noticed some of the sloppiness, too. Uh, the, the the spot where the first one, when Rowan was supposed to go through the table the first time and he didn't, um, they caught on to that, or at least that's how it came across. I'm pretty sure he was supposed to go through it the first time. Um, but then there were a couple ones, too, like uh, – and I don't know if the camera caught it or not, but there was one point where Bubba was on – Two, two situations. First one, Bubba was on the outside with Braun Strowman, and he used the trash can to block his, like, a punch in the face, and there was a miscommunication in timing, and Strowman, like, didn't punch him or something, and then Bubba put the can down, then he put it back up again, almost like to, to show Strowman, like, hey, punch this trash can in the face, and then he did it, and you could hear a little bit of the audience kind of chanting that you effed up um, a little bit, you know, but nothing that could be heard on TV. And then there was another point, same two guys. Um, Strowman was on the floor on the other side of the ring, and Bubba jumped off the apron. I don't know if this made camera either. And uh, I think Strowman was supposed to catch him, but they both kind of fell and, like, rolled. Like, it was almost like they, like, rolled around with each other on the ground a little bit, and then Bubba got up and just kind of, like, pelted um, Strowman, like, five or six, seven times, and the cr- then the crowd really got into that. And I don't know if that was just him being the Bubba Ray Dudley character or maybe he was pissed at the timing, that something didn't go, go right. But, um, yeah, I could see it was being sloppy at times. But the crowd was into into it themselves. They were big on the Dudleys. They probably got a, the big pop from out of all of them in the match. 
Um, here, here is my take on it. Um, if they wanted to, I mean, the, the purpose of it, like I said on last week's show, was to get the Wyatts a win under their belt and recover from the the fact that they pretty much got their asses handed to them by Undertaker and Kane at Survivor Series last month. If they really wanted to establish them as like, you know, the the new faces of fear and, you know, that they, that they were kind of getting their heat back, I don't understand why they had – they should have just had the, the Wyatts do a clean sweep of the, the ECW guys and not have Rowan get, in, get eliminated in the table match. That would have really established them like, okay, like, they're out for blood. They're, they really mean business. You know, they're, they're getting back on track. This is the Wyatt family, um, that sort of thing. But it was the, the three of them left, and Strowman got the, the, the deciding win over Bubba in the table spot. Um, I will say this. I don't know if it was – I'm pretty sure this part wasn't seen on camera, but um, they were changing over the mats after the match, um, getting rid of, you know, all the splinters from the tables. And – Bubba Ray was still lying on the ground in the ring as they were, like, removing the mat. Um, the lights were dim, and they had to have a couple of referees. And I think the trainer came over, too, just to check on him. Um, I don't know if it was him selling it or selling it really well or if he was legitimately hurt in that spot in the table at the end uh, with, with Braun Strowman. But um, the crowd was into it, but when they noticed some sloppiness, too, but they didn't totally shit all over it either. When, when when things went south. Yeah, interesting stuff. You know, you brought up you, you you know talking about screw ups, and it's one thing I I just have to mention. I go back out to the phones, but the WWE needs to look at. I, I know that they like the experience, and and they're they're miking up a lot of stuff, and you're getting the you know you know the cameras right on top of things and everything. But last night, and I'm trying to remember, I think it happened one other time, but during the beatdown. Uh, of uh, Roman Reigns at Triple H. Uh, Triple H called one more chair shot, and you heard it on camera. You, you heard it on the pay-per-view. Um, That's you know, he, like, he, was ro- he was rolling away from Reigns, and you just hear him like, one more. Uh, so maybe, I mean, it is pro wrestling. Maybe WWE, you know, watch where you got the microphones, because uh, it kind of takes you out of the moment sometimes when you hear that stuff. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Let's go back out to the phones, and we got Mikey on the line. Mikey, how are you doing this evening? Good. Guy. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. What did you think of the pay per view last night? Oh my goodness, I thought it was great. I loved every match, and uh, I couldn't be happier with a pay per view uh, in a in a long time. I mean, this was better than Survivor Series. I would agree with you there. I mean, it's not saying much, but yeah, I think it was better than Survivor Series. I thought it was. Uh, I just thought every match clicked. The storytelling was amazing. The matches themselves, from top to bottom, was amazing. The uh, the crowd um, was in and out of it. And when I heard left, you know, well, we want Cena. Cena sucks. It's like, oh my god. And uh, just just some some of the matches. I mean, for me. For me, my match of the night was definitely Kevin Owens, Dean Ambrose. I thought Dean brought it a hundred percent. I thought I thought Kevin Owens brought it a hundred percent. And uh, two performers like that, I wouldn't mind seeing them um, battle for the uh, Intercontinental Championship on uh, 
on a house show I'm going to, or or maybe uh, who knows, maybe SmackDown because I'm going to be there Tuesday at SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind them, uh, you know, having a program. Although uh, I, they did just come up on tonight on Monday Night Raw, we're going to get Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the two of them work well in the ring. I, I think they both have unique offensive styles, so it uh, it makes for an interesting match. It makes for a good hard hitting match. And uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a program with it, even if they went back and forth with the belt a couple times. I think uh, uh, those two uh, going at each other that's got some legs, definitely. And and I want to see uh, I want to see more of Charlotte. I want to see more of Charlotte and Ric Flair. I think it makes Ric Flair relevant again. I think this gives Ric, Ric Flair a reason to live. I think Ric Flair managing his daughter is perfect. I like the idea that they have. And you know what? If, if she wants to steal from her dad's moniker, why not? I mean, she could do what she you know what they tell her to do. Um, I think she's a great, talented wrestler, but like I also think Paige is very talented as well. So you know, it's a catch twenty-two. And as for where they're probably going to go next, it's probably going to be Becky Lynch down the line taking on um, Charlotte. Eventually, Becky's going to get tired, as we seen last night, how she won it. And uh, you know, they were saying a lot of flairisms last night. It was. Uh, you know, it was one of those uh, one of those things. I mean, the dirtiest player in the game, that was Ric Flair. Now it's going to be Charlotte. God knows David Flair didn't take after his father. You know, and um, and who knows? You know, um, it, it, it's just one of those one of those things that that gets you. But I got to ask Dave something, Dave. Being at in Boston, what did you think being there live? What was your reaction? Reaction to to everything to like the matches, that. yeah. What did you think I, of being there? You were there live. I, I thought I, I thought it was I thought it was a solid show. It wasn't it wasn't great, but I thought it was a solid show. The crowd was into it. The crowd was you know Boston's a good wrestling town. They're you know Northeast wrestling fans. They really support their wrestling, and it was close. It was damn. It was almost a sellout. It was, it was close to a sellout. I probably could count on one hand how many seats were open. Like from my vantage point where I was sitting, because um, I was sitting near the soundboard area. Uh, if you saw my pictures on Facebook, uh, and um, but they, yeah, everyone was into it, and it made for you know some of the crowd chants made for a fun show. Um, others were annoying, but I mean overall, like it was a it, it was it was a solid show. I, I I can't I can't complain. I was surprised at the ending of the show when Reigns took out Triple H. I didn't think it was going to go to that extreme. I thought we were just going to see like the Superman punch, and then that was it. But then when he, like, really laid into it with the chair shots, the power bomb, the spear, all of those stuff, I mean, you know, and everyone really got into it. I mean, I, I thought it was I thought it was a, a good ending. Um, I, I mean, I, I disagree with some of your points, but, you know, you're, you're entitled to your opinion on, on how you felt the show was. But my perspective was it was a, it was a solid show. It was, it was good. It wasn't great. And... The, the the ending left you some hope for Reigns' character and the storytelling moving forward. Well, it, it definitely did. I mean, it, and, it, and it and it remains to be seen on how how we're gonna we're gonna play it now. I mean, you know, Reigns. Uh, what do you call it? It's gonna be time to play the game soon. So Reigns gonna 
look out. Hopefully he gets he gets his ass kicked. I'm tired of tired of seeing him. I can't believe he did that to Triple H. He dismantled the game. He made the game look like like an old timer. He he just went went crazy. Um, my other point, Ken. I don't know. Did you did you stay tuned for the Shawn Michaels and uh, and uh, um, Stone Cold podcast last night? I, I actually did. I listened to most of that last night, and then um, I listened to the rest of it today. What do you think about it? I thought it was interesting. I, you know, I, I mean, it's, I'm just a sucker for you know any of these these uh, guys. Uh, you know, and they were tired telling the stories. Uh, you know, because the business has changed so much. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was uh, some intriguing stuff that uh, HBK brought about as far as the. Uh, the Montreal screw job. Um, you know, it's interesting hearing Michaels talk about himself and his career because uh by his own admission he was a much different guy uh years ago than, than he is now. But um I thought it was cool. I mean I thought it was, you know, kind of uh it came off as two uh old friends hanging out, shooting the shit. So uh, uh I thought it was cool, it was interesting. I don't think it was uh earth shattering. Uh, it wasn't something that, you know, I think if you're a fan of Michael's, uh, it's it's fun. Um, it's not some it's not a podcast that I think I'll tell people, oh, you have to hear this. Um, but if you're a fan of his, absolutely, I would highly recommend it. Earth-shattering, like, can the killer Reedy going to enter the ring? I'm very, <laughs> I'm very excited about your, 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 um, your, your debut. I can't, I can't wait on... I'm sorry I have another engagement. I would have loved to have been there for you, brother, but i got to tell you, man, that's something to uh, – do you think you're ready? Of course I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, I stepped in the ring without even training, and I won a match, and I was ready. So, if, so, if so I I'm more ready than you were. Really? <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll tell you something. You know, the, the IWF and their, their trainers and everything, they, they give you a really solid uh, base – as far as uh you know the the groundwork and really getting in there and, and knowing your holds and then doing the uh the lockups and the chaining and, and all that good stuff and uh you know the veterans there they know what they're doing in the ring and uh whoever I uh wind up getting in the ring with uh you know they're gonna have a handful with me. Yeah well and and, and you know what I, I hope you uh do good but what about the training before that? You know, all the cardio stuff. They have you doing all those those training moves, no? Um, we don't do, you know, honestly, he, which is, uh, which I think is, is good. Um, you know, philosophically speaking, um, we're getting a little bit off topic, but uh, I'll end it with this. But philosophically, uh, as far as getting in shape and getting your cardio up and, uh, you know, that's, that's all, that's all responsibility to do on our own. Um, uh-huh. as far as like safety and everything, you know, when you're getting in the ring and you're practicing and learning, uh, and I kind of agree with it. That, you know, why would you want to get the class like all blown up, and then say, mm-hmm. "All right, now let's get in the ring and practice something." Uh, that, that's mm-hmm. how potentially someone can get hurt, especially when mm-hmm. when you have guys who are complete novices who are really just learning, um, you know, the business and learning the sport of pro wrestling. Um, you know, so yeah, as far as cardio goes, my cardio and my weightlifting uh, that goes on. Outside of class. When I'm in class, it's all about uh, learning holds and moves and uh, getting myself comfortable in that ring. Before you um, before you even stepped in the ring, when we had our school, um, and I was the trainer for uh, for my department, 
before people got in the ring with magic, they had to do cardio, and I made them work out because you know Richie Rotten. Richie Rotten was a stickler for that. When I first I mean, you went trained. What? What? What did you train? What do you mean? What did I train? I trained the guys. I worked them out. I worked them out cardio. We. I worked. I did cardio with them before they got in the ring, and I also trained them. Yes, we did a lot of cardio, and I also trained them on um, on mic skills and and how to um, how to cut a promo and and stuff like that. And then Magic taught them. Thank you. And then Magic taught them. How to um, you know how to lock up and how to how to um, handle the the matches and how you know just take them go by go, but I I mean we didn't do it I mean we did it every day I mean every time we did it we trained them but what we did was we took a break after after I worked them out with the cardio a little bit we took a break we and then we breaked a little and then we came back and once they were well rested they got in the ring and they did their thing. I'm I'm curious. I know we're getting off topic. We really jumped the shark, but I'm trying to work on my cardio for for to, to fit in my tuxedo for my wedding. Can you email me some kind of cardio program that you have since you have experience in training young individuals um, in in with with their cardiovascular conditioning? Could you send me a private message about like cardio workouts since you're well versed in that in that field? Because I I need to work on my cardio in order to fit into my tuxedo for my wedding in April. Is that possible, Mike? <laughs> yeah, anything for you, Dave. You know you're the, you know you're the man, man. You know I care, of course, man. Anything, you know. All right. I mean, Thank it's you. not it's, it's not that hard. Thank I mean, you. you're welcome. It's not really that hard. I mean, we did the Hindu squats. I I did the sit ups. We did push ups. We did jumping jacks. Uh, you know, we ran the ropes. You know, and that's another thing. I got in there not even knowing how to run the ropes, and I ran the ropes, and I did pretty good. And and the kids did and the kids did good by running the ropes. But yes, Dave, I mean you eat right, you exercise right, you follow uh you follow some good uh some good good rule of thumb. Yeah, I mean it's, it's, you should, this might be a new business for you, man. Just uh, you know, Ferrara gets grooms in shape, you know, it'll be a kind of a thing. There's so many things out there for like brides and stuff, but like a, a groom in shape program would be awesome. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Mike. Always a, a unique experience. Thanks for the phone call. Look forward to you know, uh, my heart, next week. My right, heart buddy. is in, oh, definitely. My heart's in, uh, my heart's in pro wrestling. I'm a pro wrestling enthusiast. I love it. Do the podcast and I'm going to be starting my own podcasting soon on blog talk radio i can't wait um signed up for it i i can't wait i'm excited and then i'm gonna have my own show coming up it's gonna be great this stuff with the pro wrestling though there's so much to talk about tomorrow night smackdown tonight's monday night raw let's just get ready to rumble i'm i'm ready i'm ready sounds good email Mike. me we'll your cardio to program Thanks, <laughs> All right, brother. i will dave Thank and you. there you have it the wonderful world of mike ferrara and uh well, he's gonna have you in tip-top shape, Dave, for your wedding. Uh, the, uh, I, I'm sure you gotta have to. I can't run any ropes because I don't have a wrestling ring anywhere anywhere nearby. But uh, you know, if he wants to Skype me this cardio program, I could probably work something out with him. Since he's since, since we all know Mike Ferrara is very well versed in cardiovascular conditioning. Just go go to like you know it'd be really creepy, but find like a you know a kids party and just and if you can't run the ropes, just go into like the bouncy house. 
Just uh, run it back and forth. I work I work with kids for a living. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I don't know. All right, we well we went off the rails, but that's what, like that's what Ferrara does. He gets us off the rails with our uh, with his phone calls. Let's let's try and uh, get it back. It's funny, man. Like talk about the laying a guilt trip. I mean, here I am all night. I'm talking about how it's not working storyline wise, and it's muddying the diva division. And, and I'm not liking it. It's disjointed. What are they doing with Charlotte? And then Mike comes on the line and says, it's great that Flair's there because it gives them a reason to live. <laughs> now I just feel guilty that I'm saying Flair's not working. Fine, keep Flair there. If that if that's it, if Flair being off WWE TV is just going to be it for him, then then by all means, I don't want to be the one that kills Ric Flair. I don't want to be in support of that. <laughs> oh, it just made me feel horrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Reason to live. <laughs> he said that. I was like, wow, man, that just that hurts. I mean, like, I've been talking all no, night about how it just doesn't work at all with, with Rick in, in Charlotte's Corner. It's like it gives him a reason to live. I'm like, ah, oh, well, and I just the asshole who watched him off TV <laughs> No, when he said he trains people, then it gave me a reason to live because I got to see this. <laughs> he's just a, you're watch man. He's gonna like show. He's gonna be knocking on your door at like five in the morning, getting you oh, like, sure. all right, it's time. It's time to go out for your run. He's gonna show up. He's oh, gonna have like cool. like five raw eggs in a glass. He's <laughs> gonna tell you to drink up, and then you're gonna go running for ten miles. He's going to knock on my door with a live chicken. He's going to make me chase him around my park. I want you to chase this cock around the parking lot for about 20 minutes or so. <laughs> oh, now we're going off the rails. Anyway, so getting back to, to the pay-per-view, and, and we were, geez, we're just a few minutes away from Monday Night Raw. Uh, just about five minutes away, actually about four minutes away. And, uh, you know, final thoughts. Again, I I, I stated it, and I, and I do think it's true. Uh, this is an important Raw, especially being in Philly for Roman Reigns, the Roman Reigns character. Uh, I don't think it's an exaggeration. You know, one corny joke to start off Monday Night Raw, and all the good that was built last night could go out the window in a hurry. Um, but when when you're looking at right now, I mean, we're at the end of the year, Royal Rumble's the next pay-per-view. We're heading into WrestleMania season. Um, as much as this, the end of the year, the last pay-per-view is over, uh, blah, 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 who cares? Uh, next week's the Slammies. To me, this is a very important Raw to see where exactly they're going to go with this Reigns character because we are not far away from WrestleMania season, Dave. No, we're not. And uh, you, you'll you'll really be able to tell what position he's going to be in. I still am a firm believer that they're not going to do him in Triple H at WrestleMania. I think they're going to, it's going to be way, they're going to, it's way too long for Triple H's character to be like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to go kick his ass, but I'll wait till WrestleMania to do it. Like, he was embarrassed last night. His character was embarrassed last night. He's going to want revenge, you know, sometime soon. If if it's not from, the you know, him, you know, hiring the League of Nations to do it, he'll eventually do it. I'm predicting I'm going to limit and say this. I'm predicting Roman Reigns, Triple H, one-on-one at the Royal Rumble. If Reigns beats Triple H, he gets a title shot at Sheamus, either 
that night at the Royal Rumble or at the Fastlane pay-per-view in February. However, I could be wrong, and they may move this matchup to Raw January 11th when they go head-to-head with the National Championship college football game. They always try to do something big. You might see a big match like that to, to, to garner some ratings, considering the way last night's show ended with Reigns basically demolishing Triple H. But I just read WWE.com has posted that the opening segment for tonight's Monday Night Raw is Roman Reigns confronting the entire League of Nations faction. So, Ken, you might be right in the sense that he might just be coming out in the middle of the ring ready to kick somebody's ass. He might even, like, hold the show hostage, so to speak, with um, taking these guys out. But I'm, I'm actually interested more. I've always been a big Reigns supporter, you know, from the get-go, but um, I'm interested more in seeing what his character is going to do and if they stay the course with what we saw last night um, and how the crowd's going to react, too, because it's Philadelphia. They don't like something. They definitely let you know about it. Yeah, and the thing you got to worry about Philadelphia is they even give him a chance. I mean, you know, it was uh, they were none too happy with him uh, at the Royal Rumble, so... We'll see what happens tonight. It's interesting, though. I mean, like I, I just said, you know, it could be real quick that all the good that was done last night could go out the window. Uh, knowing that Reigns is going to open Raw, um, really curious. And like you said there, Dave, man, if he comes out and he's like, I'm holding Raw hostage until uh, League of Nations comes out here and I'm going to kick their ass and then drops the mic and waits for him, that's all Reigns needs to do, man. Just be a tough ass kicker. Um, thank you all your callers. Uh, you know, you keep callers, you keep us on our toes. Uh, good stuff as always. Remember, next week uh, we'll be on the air again, Monday night. We'll get you set for Monday Raw, but it's going to be our last show of the year. So come on over, listen. Give, we want to hear from you guys. Give us your thoughts on the on 2015, the year in review. Be aware of. Check out 1640 PWPR as they get set for their year-end awards, for our year-end awards on the 1640, uh, you know, program. This, I'm, I'm all tongue-tied, the 1640 Network. Uh, it is time for Monday Night Raw. We'll see you next week. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody. <laughs>